1: action fanatics welcome to another edition of the bulletproof podcast i am your host chris the brain joining me is youtube sensation chad cruz chad how you doing
2: i'm doing great man
1: And once again, joining us, our special guest, the real Todd Gaines. Todd, good to have you in the house again. RTG,
0: up in this bitch. What's up?
1: What is up is we are going to be talking about my favorite, the great canon films. Mm. It's a canon celebration Mm. here on the Bulletproof Podcast. And guys, uh, I mean, what does canon mean to you, Chad Cruz?
2: Well, canon it's almost like a member of the family, right? When you're when you kind of live and die by the action film genre, that might be a little bit much, but when you when you've grown up with the action film genre, that's better. Um Canon Productions and Canon Films is just kind of like that uncle that was like really cool and then 20 years later you find out that they were like a you know, a hardcore alcoholic and probably beat the shit out of their wife. But either way, still Amazingly entertaining.
1: What a very grim uh, description. Todd Gaines, how about you, Canon Films? You know,
0: Canon Films has to be like the film company for people just like me, just like Chad, and just like you. They made movies for us, for us action lovers. They kept it simple. You had good guys on one side, bad guys on the other. Most of the time, the good guys always came out on top. I mean I don't know another company that like catered to an audience the way Canon Films did.
1: Yeah, Canon knew what the audience wanted, and they gave it to them again and again and again. Explosions. And it was awesome. And again, yes.
2: Yeah, Um, I mean Canon was kind of like – you know. All right, let's throw Charles Bronson, Chuck Norris, and Michael Dudikoff in a movie, Yep. like in separate movies. Like we're going to make 50 movies, and we're going to put these three guys in every one of them. So if you're yeah, a fan I, of those uh, three guys, you're going to be in heaven here.
0: Yeah, I, I heard a thing. I think it was Eli Roth. Eli Roth said this. He said, you know, Canon Films. Canon Films are, is known for, for four things, uh, breakdancing, ninjas, Chuck Norris, and Charles Bronson. I mean, if that doesn't sum up Canon Films, I don't know what does.
2: I know. I love a good breakdancing movie.
0: Breaking Man, Breaking made some money at the box office, bro. They yeah, like uh, it was one of their
1: biggest hits. I actually just watched Electric Boogaloo yesterday. And Brain was... loves that stuff.
0: Oh, you had to do a little research for this uh, for this podcast,
1: hell oh, yeah.
2: Walk through Brain's living room. You gotta yeah. push cardboard out of the way.
0: Yes, sir. True story. I believe it.
1: Now, previously on the Bulletproof Podcast, we talked about the uh, Dolph Lundgren post that embodied all that is Chad Cruz. Mm-hmm. But I think the post that embodies what the spirit of Bulletproof Action is, and, and what our kind of our mission in this world was, is our ultimate canon countdown, and that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode. Yes. Because we got, you know, we got the staff together plus some of our colleagues and friends in the action community. We had our Uh, Dominic Stark, filmmaker from Germany.
0: My boy. Legendary uh, filmmaker. Legendary filmmaker.
1: We had uh, uh, from Matthew Whitaker from Cinema Bushido. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who else did we have?
0: Mm, Toy guy. Toy man. Well,
1: he's part of the staff, absolutely. (laughs) Mr. Singh. Oh, yes. Our author, Timon Singh, who, uh, of course, did – the Born to be Bad book. He's actually working on another one right now, which should be awesome. This first one, if you haven't seen it, check it out, Born to be Bad by Timon Singh. Interviewing great action movie villains. So, yeah, we had a great group of guys with, you know, obviously from all over the world, really, and with different experiences. But one thing in common, we all grew up watching canon films. And that's what, you know, I think, again, I don't know if... if there wasn't a Canon films. If there'd be a bulletproof I really know
2: you're hundred nah. percent right on that because, because Canon films is kind of like, uh, it's like the, the lifeblood of the action film genre. And it, it, you know, pumping out as many movies as they did in a short amount of time, they were able to, to kind of like, it's like they put their footprint or their fingerprint, like on the entire genre of movies, just by what they did, by, Shoving as many explosions, as many gun battles, as many cool-ass one-liners as they could into one film. It's beautiful.
1: And I think you, you kind of touched on it. Michael Dudikoff actually said it in the Electric Boogaloo documentary that, you know, Cannon put their stamp on pop culture with all their films. And, uh, no
2: doubt. And it no doubt, brother.
1: certainly is the case. But before we get into the countdown, I do want to remind everybody to check out BulletproofAction.com. Something new on the site each and every day, 365 days out of the year. There's going to be something new on the site, so always check us out. Reviews, features, videos, all sorts of content new every day on BulletproofAction.com. So if you guys are ready, we're going to get into the ultimate canon countdown. You guys ready?
0: Oh, I'm ready, buddy.
2: My body is ready.
1: All right, well, we <laughs> kick off. With number 10, which is actually, I believe, the top grossing canon film of all time, it is wow. Chuck Norris in Missing in Action. This one, of course, a, a little bit of a Rambo ripoff, some would say, but I'll tell you what, it definitely elevated Chuck Norris' career.
0: I agree 100%. Um, Chuck is just like Gene Hackman, becomes very versatile. And Missing in Action. Before Missing mm. in Action, Chuck Norris was all about the kung fu, right? He was a karate man. After mission in ac- uh, ugh, Missing in Action, Chuck elevated his game, and look. Look at his career. It went canon film after canon film, Walker, Texas Ranger, mm-hmm. selling exercise equipment mm-hmm. without – without this movie right here, without Missing in Action – Chuck Norris never would have been a a Texas Ranger, and we wouldn't have gotten eight seasons of awesomeness.
2: Yeah, that's uh, your Gene Hackman reference. I like that Gene Hackman's. He's my favorite Gene. By the way, to all other genes out there. Yeah. Yes, he's definitely my
0: favorite Gene too. (laughs) Um, No doubt.
2: But yeah, Chuck Norris. You know, like you said, he was he was he was well into the martial arts movies. Um, beating the shit out of ninjas and, uh, Richard Norton, like a bunch of times, uh, and fighting Bruce Lee Bruce Lee, yep. and then missing in action was like, you know, that was his first blood. That was his Vietnam movie. That was the movie that, uh, pulled the, you know, the, the nunchucks out of his hands or whatever and handed him a freaking rifle and let him just kill a bunch of people, which is kind of what Canon became. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, he was one of the, the two cornerstones of the company. And, yeah, it, could, it just elevated him. It made him more of a mainstream action star, not just for the, the martial arts right. uh, diehards. And we, we read
2: 1984 in one of my high school classes, same year Missing in Action came out. Why didn't we just watch Missing in Action?
1: That, that's a great question.
2: That I know. Wow. Duh.
1: Do you
0: think if uh, Chuck never made Missing in Action – do you think his career would have maybe fizzled like would it would have died out or he wouldn't be the the meme that he is today
1: i think that's you know i think yeah it's very possible how that could have turned out for him he could have just stayed in that martial arts world where you you know he'd kind of be on that cynthia rothrock level which you know she never really broke out to the mainstream world right right? or even or lauren avadon i mean again we know these people because that's our thing but if you went up to you know, your uncle who's not a drunk and beaten people and said, Hey, do mm-hmm. you know who Chuck Norris is? Yeah, he knows who Chuck Norris is, but he, you know, doesn't know Lauren Avon. Lauren right. doesn't know Cynthia Rothrock.
2: And I feel like not only would his career not have uh kind of exploded the way it did, but Canon wouldn't have survived as long as it did. Right. Ooh. Because, you know, without missing action there's no Delta Force, you know what I mean? There's no like progression of craziness. in in these films so yeah i mean it's it's number 10 on the list but it's it's super important
1: and you talked about it's very close to heart yes you talked about that progression and we go into number nine which was in my opinion possible i think it's his best invasion usa number nine chuck norris once again just to tell you how how much of an influence he was on canon i mean here he is our first two on our countdown are both chuck norris movies
2: yeah, man, he uh, – I mean I, I essentially wanted to wear nothing but denim after I saw this movie for the first time. Um, it's Chuck Norris fighting off the what combined Soviet-Cuban invasion, I believe. Uh, A bunch of commies.
0: Way? A bunch of commies. Yeah,
2: the communist invasion of some random beach. Uh, <laughs> it's just him beating the shit out of people, blowing people up, and being totally cool while doing it.
0: Hell yeah. I actually actually wrote a little bit about this movie on Letterboxd a few years ago, a site I used to write for a lot, and I just wanted to read a a little expert expert or whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes I miss up words. Okay, so I wrote, what about Chuck? There's fucking someone up, and there's fucking someone up, Matt Hunter style. Chuck goes to town on the baddies. He drives a magical bulletproof truck. Has spidey sense, always shoots two guns at once, likes to throw back bombs, says the slickest one-liners, enjoys shopping at the mall, throws a knife like a ninja, and his hair still looks styling and profiling in the end. No wonder he scared his own shadow. Mm. Todd Gaines, RTG.
2: Real Todd Gaines.
0: Real Todd Gaines. And I we don't... also have a great vi- villain, right? This 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 movie has one of like the greatest bad guys ever, Richard Lynch oh, yeah. is up. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. Talk about, you know, we talked about Timon's book, Born to Be Bad. There's a guy who was born to be bad, Richard Lynch. He just, hey, hey, he's
0: this is his face, like whatever happened to his face, he, the mark of the devil or something.
2: Yeah, he plays such a good villain, and I think in in this movie especially, like he has, he has such like a, a personal vendetta against Matt Hunter that he's, he's basically willing to just, like, screw this invasion right. <laughs> just so I can get back at Mad Hunter, which right. is awesome From he
1: He takes the yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's that animosity that just – I mean, that ruins the whole thing. I mean, yeah. if he would have just stuck to business, you know, we may be communists right now, but thank God yeah. he didn't, and Chuck Norris yeah. saved us. Amen. Number eight on the countdown. I mean, if you people out there think Cannon just made nothing but uh, schlock, You're in for a treat here because it's Runaway Train, which is, you know, obviously something people consider a legit classic film, and and for good reason.
2: Yeah, Runaway Train. I mean, Cannon made 99.8% schlock, uh, whatever whatever schlock is. Uh, But the other 0.2% was one movie called Runaway Train, and maybe Break was a break-in. So, um, yeah, Runaway Train is. It's, it's too good to be a canon movie, but it is a canon movie. And screenplay by Akira Kurosawa, who's a freaking Japanese legend, film legend. And, I mean, it's Eric Roberts actually being good in a movie. Right. So if you, if you enjoy Eric Roberts' movies, watch Runaway Train, and you'll be like, holy shit, this guy can actually act. And he's not terrible. It's great.
1: Yeah. Just a great cast all around, too. I mean, you got uh... – John Voight, mm-hmm. of course, and then you got John P. Ryan, who's you know, the warden oh. coming after him, and he's amazing.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, Voight, Voight's one of my favorite actors, and and can you believe that this movie's three three Oscar nominations? Is this the total amount of um, Oscar nominations for every single canon film put together? Best actor, John Voight, best supporting actor, Eric Roberts, and also best film editing. Which, for uh, some guy. And so, definitely, like, this movie, like, the, just the insane, just the, I guess, the runaway train, just the insane speed chase of this movie is pretty hot.
2: I think that Cyborg got three definitions.
1: Uh, Best, no. I, I'm not Best thinking, director. Oh. I'm thinking you, you might be That's mistaken there. Face stabbing scene.
0: <laughs> and then they also go, like, and casting some real, like, convicts, too. I know, like, uh, Edward Bunker, who you might remember as Mr. Blue from Reservoir Dogs. I think he was, like, a former, like, just a uh, felon. And he uh, got into this movie.
1: Uh, I'm not sure if he was the only felon.
2: But... I'll tell you, if you're Dan looking wasn't... for felons, my family tree is many of them. Oh, boy.
1: Wow. Yeah. I think Danny Trejo's in this, as a small part in this as well. Oh, as, uh, well, there's another
0: felon. Exactly.
1: So, yeah. And then... Uh, uh, Zeus, Tiny Lister, I believe. Tiny also. Lister, how he's one that? Of the, I think he would not guard. want
0: to be in a jail cell with Tiny Lister, no. No, no, no. no you, you that would know, be a whoa. I would go, whoa. And Tiny Lister, go. man. There yeah. we go. I We were
1: waiting for that.
2: Whoa. Yeah, so anytime, you know, it's weird because you, you, you do a, a movie podcast and you're like, man, I can't wait to talk about Akira Kurosawa movies. <laughs> Never in a million years would I expect the first Akira Kurosawa movie that I talk about to be Runaway Train.
1: Right, on, on our canon-themed podcast. So Cannon, there you, go. you never know what you're going to get. Canon, Kurosawa, podcast. Oscar. Those words don't go together.
0: <laughs> but everybody's got to have one diamond in the rough, right?
2: Kurosawa has all mad, diamonds.
0: He has mad
1: films, man.
0: What you talking about? He's amazing. He's, he's great. I've seen, I've seen some Curious
1: Speaking of amazing, let's move on to number seven, the Delta Force. I think this movie oh. would have been number one, if it had what they promised originally and had Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson in the same movie that did not happen, but it's still an awesome movie. We had Chuck Norris, Lee Marvin, Steve James, just an awesome, awesome action movie talked about last time how Men of War was kind of a real life or a a good uh, live action G.I. Joe. Same could be said for the Delta Force, probably even more so. The Delta Force was the original live action G.I. Joe movie.
2: Yeah, I feel like the Delta Force when the movie came out that um, people watched it and they said, man, they should just send these guys into a real combat (laughs) zone because... They, I mean, you you look at Lee Marvin. I mean, he's like the toughest dude in the world at the time, even though this was his final film. Like, like he still, like, he could beat the shit out of most people, mm-hmm. like, no doubt about it. And then Chuck Norris could legitimately beat the shit out of most people. Um, and then, like you said, Steve James is like a supporting character. Like, this this team of Delta Force guys and their crazy rocket motorcycles and w- weird dune buggies they were riding around in, like, I mean, Persian Gulf War kicks off, send these dudes in, it's over in like 45 minutes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
0: And here's the thing with uh, Canon Films is they were not afraid to borrow real-life events because this is definitely based on a, that TWA flight that was hijacked back in like 85. Canon made a uh, made a habit of uh, – like, do you remember that movie uh, 10 to Midnight with Charles Bronson?
2: Absolutely. Does Bane remember that? Really? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I know right. Just watch that watched that one yesterday too.
2: He watched it yesterday. <laughs> exactly. And that
0: um that kill scene when the guy goes into the sorority house or whatever and kills all those girls, mm-hmm. that was like based on an actual killing and Cannon did this with I mean, they, they would borrow stuff and what I want to say about Lee Marvin is Lee Marvin looked about sixty years old for his the last thirty years of his life, but he was mm-hmm. the baddest some bitch I've ever you know, seen on screen.
2: Remember the time in the movie when Chuck Norris like farted the rocket out the back end of his motorcycle? <laughs> that I think that actually happened. That's taken from a real event. Of
0: course. And yes. and of and of course, like this movie is very pro-American, pro-Reagan, pro-Israel, pro-Budweiser.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt. Oh and, yeah, there's pro
0: pro military. Um, uh, I mean, this is a. Uh, definitely one of those movies that was for the target audience, and is but it's still very watchable today. I mean, it's just an awesome movie.
2: And, and I look. I do believe brain, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but was this the very first post for BulletproofAction.com?
1: It absolutely was. Chad Cruz reviewed the Delta Force. That was our first review on the site. And you know, I talked earlier about if you know it had Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson, how it'd be the most canon movie ever. Well, that really would be the case because the director was actually Menachem Golan. So, I mean, you don't get any more canon than that. And no doubt. An interesting thing, though, I, I always find about this is the length of this film. Yeah. This was oh, a God, long yeah. one. This thing's an epic. And it's it's odd because usually the rule of thumb over a canon was 90 minutes and you're done. But it's funny when the boss is the one directing it, how it can go <laughs> two hours so yeah and but it, it definitely feels them.
2: like it feels like it's you know uh two movies put together yeah like it, it's it's long and you're like holy shit is something gonna happen because there's not a lot of action at the beginning you know there's like the hijacking and all that stuff and there's all these random characters that aren't Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin right. uh so you're kind of waiting for the shit to hit the fan but when it does uh it's it's uh, Explosion of shit hitting the fan,
0: and one thing I forgot to mention: it features the the late Robert Forster as a uh, Middle Eastern terrorist. so awesome. he's, uh, <laughs> I mean, how what what a versatile actor, uh, Robert uh, the late great uh, Robert Forster was, and this is one of these roles that I think people forget he was in.
2: No doubt. Did you know that he was actually a Middle Eastern terrorist in real life?
0: You know, um, it's gonna I.
2: Yeah.
1: But no, I I think that's right there with your, your cyborg tidbit <laughs> yeah. of information. It,
2: oh, okay. Uh, maybe I'm – yeah. I'm, well, I'm maybe he
0: – but he does help people get to safety, like if they have to go into witness protection. I believe I believe that's what Robert Forster was doing at the end of his life, was yeah. helping people like get to Alaska.
1: Yeah, that's some sure. vacuums. Okay, we're moving yes. on with number six <laughs> on the countdown, American Ninja to the Confrontation. Oh, we talked about him. Just a bit ago, Steve James was like the ultimate wingman in canon films. Oh, man. It's Michael Dudikoff, Steve James, American Ninja 2, the best of the American Ninjas, and in my opinion, and probably everybody's opinion, because it made it yeah. on our top ten.
2: Yeah, Steve James is like the Scottie Pippen of uh, canon films. He didn't get all the, the publicity. He didn't get all probably all the money all the respect, but by God, if you need somebody to put in your movie and look badass, Steve James is the first guy you called. Yep.
0: There's like nobody that looked cooler with his shirt off than Steve James, man. Steve James is one of my – he might actually be my favorite just actor of all time. Um, he's just – I miss him every day. I mean pancreatic cancer at 41. Come on, man. Some things just aren't fair. And sometimes when I, when I meet somebody – I'm talking films with them, and we're starting to talk about action movies. And I say, okay, these people actually have, you know, they might actually watch some of the stuff RTG, you know, watches. I say, hey, man, what do you think of uh, Steve James? And, well, actually, I, this actually happened today. I was actually having this conversation with somebody. And do you know what they said? Who's Steve James? Who's Steve James? <laughs> but but then. Well, but then, they, well, they they grew. They're about 15 years older than me, and they grew up uh, watching uh, the Kung Fu Saturdays. So mm-hmm. they, he he was big into like Jim Kelly. So when he talked, because okay. he was he was talking earlier about Scott Atkins and Tony Jodd stuff. I'm like, shit. All right, so let's let, let me go back some. I was like, you like Dolph Lundgren? You like, you know, do you like Steve James? He's like, who's Steve James? I'm like, come on, man. But. I mean, definitely one of the most underappreciated guys. Probably one of the nicest. I mean, I never we never met him, of course, but I don't believe I'm, you. I'm guessing he was one of the nicest human beings to ever walk the face of this earth, and the world is suffering because Steve James is not no longer a part of it.
2: Well, What I love about American Ninja Two is, you know, American the first American Ninja movie, while wow, amazing, Judy Aronson is the love of my life. Um, they, you know, like. Duty and Steve are like kind of button heads for most of the movie. It is until kind of the end of it where they, they they buddy up and they kick ass together. In this movie, they kick ass together the whole time. Mm. So you don't have that like that weird meeting. It's like the first couple dates are already out of it. You can just get to business. So this movie's awesome.
1: It really is. Uh, I I love it. I love the uh, blind beggar bar fight. Is one of my favorite Ooh, scenes yes. in canon history. Uh, Dudikoff, I mean, yeah, he just, he looked like a star, and, uh, I wish he would have had a bigger career, but, uh, he did obviously continue on with canon, but, uh, you know, American Ninja 2, Do These Best, or is that, yeah, kind of, or, or, I, or Avenging I, Force, oh. which, again, yeah, him and Steve those King, are cool, oh, uh,
0: and, and yeah. some people argue is a sequel to this movie, even though it's well, not yeah, really, but, yeah. yeah,
1: Avenging Force in some Parts of the world was mm-hmm. released as American Ninja Two, um, but
0: yeah, and Steve well, James was a didn't want to
1: day. die in there. He he yeah. fought
0: he he did not want to die in Avenging Force, but he who wants
2: to die. RTG, who wants to die?
1: Uh, not me. All right, moving on to number five. <laughs> it is. Cobra, and this one, to borrow a phrase oh. from, uh, from uh, another podcast out there, Grillin' JR, this one gives some people a case of the red ass because they get mm. all up in arms that this is not actually a canon movie. Now, I would like to point out our criteria for this uh, countdown was it was produced by Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus. If it was produced by those two men, it is a canon production. There's some people who say, well, they were never even on the set, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. That's why it's on here. Cobra, which is an awesome movie, actually was, you know, has an interesting history, does it not, Chad Cruz, where it wasn't really supposed to be this movie.
2: That's right. Um, So, you know, the the film series that ended up becoming Beverly Hills Cop, that series, was originally going to be starring Sly Stallone. And when he had turned in his script for the first Beverly Hills Cop, um, it was super violent. It was not kind of the, the the theme they were going for, so they kind of went their separate ways. Stallone took his script and made the film he wanted to make, and he called it Cobra. And then the other studio, or whoever it was, took you know their their idea and made it with Eddie Murphy. So we got we got both of them, which is amazing. Even better for us.
1: Absolutely.
2: And I've got Cobra on in the background as we speak.
0: Oh, and you know, no one eats cold pizza quite like Mary and Cobra-ty. Mm. Mm.
2: Chad,
1: are, are you cutting your pizza with a pair of scissors? or?
2: No, I, I I use
0: a pizza cutter. Oh, okay. And we definitely need to give a shout-out to Brian Thompson. Oh. No doubt. Who's, who is one of the scariest villains in an action movie. That I can even that I, that I can recall. Man, that that is that dude. That dude creeped me out.
1: Uh, yeah, another guy with that you know born to be bad look and uh, just ominous, scary. You don't want to mess with this guy. And he was like insane in this film, absolutely insane.
2: Was, yeah, cult yeah. of serial killers,
0: cult of serial killers. It's strange. And you know we have Bridget Nelson before she. Uh, hooked up with Flavor Flav. So with her time with Sly, which I guess he puts her in all I guess he would just put her in movies. I'm guessing. And that's why she's in it. Cuz I mean, did you guys like her in Cobra?
2: Yeah, perfectly yeah. acceptable. Yeah. I mean
1: I mean it yeah. at the time See, too she at was At the time, yeah. Yeah. You know, she had just come off obviously Rocky 4. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, I don't, had she been in Beverly Hills Cop 2 yet, or uh, no, I don't that, think so. That probably hasn't come out yet. So, yeah. I mean, she yeah. was at the height of her her popularity, and yeah. her, you yeah. know, and yeah, and her and Stallone were an item. So, and that was kind of you know the thing. You you're making a movie with Canon, you know, they're gonna give you a little bit more leeway than maybe a Warner Brothers or a Paramount. So right. yeah, you know, Stallone's gonna take advantage of it, and I. I you know, I've heard that's been was part of the problem on the set is you know those two were playing Kissy Face, yeah, and, you know, Lovey Dovey, and because they were still kind of in the early uh, stages of their relationship, so that would often cause a production holdup. Uh, right. They are trying to get this movie made.
2: I Didn't think it was she great get about
1: the boss after Sly. I
2: don't know. But... I I can't no. remember. If she's but... lucky. She... We need
0: we need to get Brian Bosworth on the bulletproof uh, podcast and ask mm, him. Yes. Did he have a hookup with Bridget Nelson or Flavor Flav uh, or Slice <laughs> Sloan? I mean, I'll, I'll take.
2: Did you. Did Bosworth have a, a hookup with Flavor Flav? <laughs> what? <laughs> but, but What I like, what I love about Cobra is so it's it's come it's kind of like the perfect combination of like all these like awesome things. So he 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 has like an, a, a cool jacket on. He has like. Cool aviators, and he's got like a match in his mouth, which is cool looking. Drives an awesome car. He uses awesome guns, and he says awesome one-liners. And basically, is like somebody who just like some twelve-year-old drew a picture on a piece of paper of like all the coolest thing they could they could think of, and they just shoved it in one movie.
1: And that yep. became Marion yeah. cabretti
2: Perfect.
0: And what I love about these podcasts, man, is like we talk about movies, and I'm like, man, it's been a minute since I've seen Cobra, and it's, I'm definitely gonna change that because I, I love this movie, and it, it's, it's very rewatchable. Yeah, it's a good word.
1: And that's another one that takes place around Christmas time.
0: And, and why in God's green earth was it nominated for six Razzies? That's just awful.
1: Mm. People Razzies. People Razzle
0: have no taste. Joke. Yes, yeah. people pe- People suck. Yeah, people no suck. Thing.
1: All right, moving on. Number four, we've got Sylvester Stallone once again. This time, a very different film than Cobra. Oh, it's over right. the top.
0: Come on, man. Well, based on my knowledge of um, canon documentaries, uh, this Sly was paid $10 million to arm wrestle. What the hell?
2: It was worth every penny, <laughs> let me tell you. This movie, um, it's a masterpiece, in my opinion. I love it. I've seen it, I couldn't tell you how many times. Uh, hundreds of times, probably. And, uh, I've owned the soundtrack on multiple platforms. I listen to it on a weekly basis. And, it's one of the greatest soundtracks ever made. And, it's, Easily the best movie to ever combine some sort of uh, uh, custody battle with uh, arm wrestling. Find me another one. I would agree. Uh, I dare you.
0: I mean it's it's definitely the greatest arm wrestling movie with uh, just that that kid. He's just an annoying little shit.
2: Well, it kind of – it serves its purpose.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there. I mean – I. this is one of those blinded by nostalgia movies for me, to where like you know when I was twelve, this movie was great, but but Chad, you say you watch it on the daily or you you've seen it a lot in your adult life.
2: I, I yeah I watch it a lot yeah <laughs> too much. It's
0: like it's like how is this number four on the count? I mean I, I guess maybe, maybe other up. people were, were voting man. with nostalgia again. And that's alright. This good is definitely taste. one of Canon's family film. This is like – or you could argue that every single film Canon ever made was a family film because usually, like I said earlier, the good guys win and the bad guys lose. And-
2: yeah, Sly has sweet montages in it. He's teaching his son some lessons. Uh, he's got a cool hat that he turns around backwards. Uh, he drives a semi-truck with the switch, turn the switch, man. Bull Harley, like he's the bad guy, but he's it's not like killing people or anything, but – I mean, the real villain is the the father-in-law, you know, who's trying to take the son away and raise him as
0: this rich, elitist. Robert,
1: Robert Loja, great yeah. And I the
0: top. And I'm sure every single one of y'all at school had the arm wrestling when you would try to do the little over-the-top move, you know. No doubt. No doubt. I still
2: do that with – I do that with my son now.
0: <laughs> Dad do you of went, the year, brother. Do you win?
2: Absolutely.
0: You can't let you can't let kids win, man. You gotta teach them no, young. You gotta teach them that not everybody gets a trophy. Only winners do.
1: Parenting <laughs> advice right here on the Bulletproof Podcast. As we now move on to our number three film on the countdown, and I'm gonna just go on record right now and say, if this movie did not make the top ten, I likely would have resigned from the site and possibly polite society. It is Death Wish 3, the greatest movie ever made, starring Charles Bronson. My personal favorite. This was definitely my number one. This, you called over the top a masterpiece. Well, this this is another masterpiece because it is just, you know, the first Death Wish was a real gritty, serious, 70s-style drama. It was a movie of its time. Mm-hmm. Death Wish 2 came out with just was it, in, insanity. uh Kind of an exploitation film, uh, and then Death Wish 3 is like, you know what? Let's let's not even worry too much about any kind of story. Let's just have Bronson kill punks <laughs> and kill them in very spectacular fashion. I, I love this movie. I can watch it every day of the week. This is another one I recently watched. Uh, just great stuff. And, yeah, well, yeah. Go I, ahead.
2: I wonder if Charles Bronson got the script for this, and he's like, seriously, <laughs> like this is what we're doing, because because it is such a departure from the first two films. Like, not not in you know, not to the point where it's like you can't see this happening to the character, but to the point where you're like, oh shit, like he just like took it to the extreme. You know, he's he's taking out punks and crime, but now that's all he's doing. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like and he's doing it in any way possible.
1: Right. They don't even pretend he's an architect in this movie. Right. And it, they mention it, but it's like he's he's doing no architecting.
0: Yeah. I wanted to point out, you know, how Alex Winter always ends up being like the weakest member of gangs or vampires. You know, he's hey. like. Yeah. But um, what what I love about um just the Death Wish series and Death Wish Three is um, is you look at a guy who. used to be yeah, he talks about it like he was like a Korean war like he didn't he was a conscientious conscientious objector. Um he didn't like guns, he didn't like fighting, didn't like killing. And then you know, he has stuff happen to him and he goes insane. And and this time he actually has help from the police too. So I mean that's yeah, yeah, just you know, hey guy
1: hey this is sanctioned vigilante
0: So let's let's just kill some motherfuckers dead, man. I mean, that's that is
1: what uh, Death
0: Wish Three is is a bunch of killing. And
1: and you mentioned the uh, script, Chad Cruz, and that's actually one of my prized possessions, as I have an actual Ooh. copy of the Death Wish Three script with the canon cover on it and everything. Wow. It is definitely again prized possession. That one's in the uh, safety deposit box. That thing nice. needs to be locked away because just a it's a. Again, it's it's artwork. It's a treasure. It's a masterpiece. Now, uh,
2: serious question. Yes. Will you be buried with it?
1: Uh, that's you know I probably need to make arrangements for that.
2: Good, Here, good here's call. the thing. I'm gonna write that down. I will personally bury you with it.
1: Thank you.
0: What was uh, Jimmy Page doing composing the Death Wish movies, Death Wish Two and Three?
1: He was uh, Michael Winner's neighbor, who was the director, okay. so that's how yeah. that happened.
0: and Michael Winner's one of like the most like macho bros to ever live on this planet. That dude was filled with testosterone up one end and down the other. Man, that guy was insane.
1: Yeah, he he could ruffle some feathers too. But uh, Michael Winner definitely, you know, was the the actually director for many Bronson films. The first three oh, Death yeah. Wishes. But yeah, the mechanic, that, that's, yeah, that's how that happened is Okay. Jimmy Page was his was his neighbor and he made okay. it happen in the yeah, they just basically recycled the Death Wish Two music for Death Wish Three.
2: My, that's, neighbors, that's my neighbor's name's Brian. Button. Yeah. So if we need someone to compose any music for us, I'll just call him.
1: Does Brian make music or
2: Uh you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it too, Chad. It's not just oh. that. it's your neighbor, they have to be a musician of of some sort.
2: Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry.
1: Okay.
2: I'll find out. You know, he
0: might.
1: Let us know on a on an upcoming edition of the Bullshit when, podcast.
0: Did, it. Uh, Copy. Didn't Charles Bronson look like sick to you in this movie? Like he, he looked like he was. I don't know if his COPD or whatever was kicking in, but to me he just looked. He looked a little a little ragged to me.
1: He looked awesome to me, and he looked like yeah, well, he could kick your ass, Todd Gaines. I got news oh, oh, for you. I mean, <laughs> I don't like. looks like he could lie. come back from the grave right now and kick your ass, Todd Gaines. You just watch your I mean, goddamn mouth and stop speaking ill of the dead.
0: Well, I'm just saying he looked ill. He's still a badass, but to me, he looks sick. He looked like maybe he was had an illness. But... <laughs> he
1: was old, for Christ's sake. Uh-huh. What do, what do he you want him to look like?
2: I, RPG he, he, is a death wish. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> you have a death wish right now, RTG. I'm oh, not I, you know,
0: I mean, I mean Are he outlived Ed, Ed Lauder, I think. No, Ed Lauder know. outlived him, but but he does he looked sick, but yeah, he was old so and he kicked ass. You know, old guys kicking ass, you know another old guy who kicks ass, Gene Hackman. All right.
1: You know, Chad Cruz talked about burying me. You just buried yourself. Yeah, sorry, I bro. Say about that. Let's move on before Todd Gaines causes me any more consternation. It's number two, and Todd Gaines is going to hate this, and I'm oh, happy God. about it because it is Masters of the Universe. This one was a bit of a shocker for me as well, though I did not think it would rank as high as it did. But, again, I mean, if you grew up in this time, He-Man was your guy.
2: No doubt. No doubt. I'm going to say that like 100 times this episode. No doubt. Yeah, Masters of the Universe, I mean, for some reason, it it ended up at number two, but made no money at the box office. (laughs) So apparently everyone who uh, contributed to this list uh, watched it, and no one else did
1: somehow. Or they watched it after the fact. They watched it on on home video or cable. That's
2: possible, yeah.
1: I think Chad
0: Cruz voted ten times for Masters of the Universe, and that's why it's so high on the list. He had 10 votes, and it was all Master's Universe.
1: That would not have been allowed.
2: No. Brain would not let that happen. I'm sorry.
1: I would have have thrown Chad's ballot out completely, and he'd have no voice in the thing. It would have had a hanging Chad on
2: there. I couldn't risk risk Brain disqualifying my my votes.
1: Right. And I would have. Or I would have just changed them all to Charles Bronson movies.
2: Yeah. By default. default. Here's
1: the default. If people don't turn one in correctly. It's Death but, Wish three, Death Wish two, Murphy's Law, 10 to Midnight, Death Wish four. Goodbye.
2: Yeah, we we kind of blew our 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 masters of the universe load on the last episode, the Dolph Lundgren episode. But I would like to say that uh, you yeah, know this movie had a huge impact on me. Um, I I used to borrow this movie from my cousin when I was a kid on VHS, and he had it. He had multiple movies on one VH one tape, which is what we did. And after this this movie was the movie Nightbreed, which uh, would scare the living shit out at, of at most like eight year olds, <laughs> which is what it did to me. And it kind of made Masters of the Universe that much better because it was like fun and had a cool like ending and great villains and super action and Dolph Lundgren. And then it scared the bejesus
1: out of me after that. Yeah, interesting that Master of the Universe where it ended up on the Dolph Countdown and where it ended up on the canon. You'd think it'd almost be reversed, but it wasn't. So Right.
0: And I'll just that, say Courtney Cox is hot. Okay, there we go. i must say something positive about Masters of the Universe.
1: Thank you, Todd. Yes. That leaves I us... I think you
2: need a rewatch, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I do. I think
2: so.
0: I, I do. I really do. I mean... Stop I, watching
2: the all point... these... Uh, what's that? Genius...
0: Is Gene movie you
2: watch? Movies. Gene Snitsky. Quit watching Gene Snitsky movies and oh. watch Master of oh, the Universe. Or,
1: or your Blossom uh, marathons that you have.
0: Whoa.
1: Right. I still remember
0: the first episode of Blossom.
2: I'm sure keep, you do.
1: Keep that to yourself because we're going to our number one movie on the ultimate canon countdown. And this one, I can't, I can't argue with it. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport. The movie that made him a star.
2: It's number one Canon movie. It's number one Van Damme movie. It's the number one movie for anyone involved in this movie. And it's number one for a reason, because it's fantastic. Great music, great montages, great action, great tournament style martial arts. I mean it's it's as it's as good a movie as you're going to find in 1988, about guys beating the shit out of each other.
0: Is uh, Forrest Whitaker's la- I is it lazy in this? I can't remember.
1: Do you, you think it just got lazy over time? Or- well, yeah, Depended yeah. Depending on, on how much you paid him?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I tell you, you know Donald Gibbs is like one of the coolest looking guys I've ever seen in my life. That dude dude had like a mullet, like like a badass mullet.
2: Brain, didn't you grow up uh, next-door neighbors to Donald Gibb?
1: Uh, No. Where are you getting all your information from? Nowhere? Oh,
0: I know. Joey Lawrence. Joey Lawrence. Lawrence.
1: Joey Lawrence is just spreading lies about cyborg – my neighbors, and any other.
2: Hmm. I thought you mentioned that at one point. Sorry, my bad. Oh
0: shit! He, oh my goodness gracious! Um, Bolo Young, man. That dude. Right. That. That dude is like the human steroid badass, man. That that man. I love that man. He that, he he can he can whoop ass.
1: You making accusations about Bolo now?
2: No, he didn't use that shit, but He's no, all natural. he's clean. All
0: natural. He's he's clean, my bad.
2: He's clean. Chong Chung Lee was like the ultimate uh like is he he's not a villain, he's just a badass, right? So he's he's, he's
1: the reigning Kumite champion for yeah. for many years. Right. Here so, comes this American. Well anyway, here comes Frank yeah, well. Dukes <laughs> and uh, and you know challenging
2: the guy. throne. Right. And, and and Chung Lee had to kind of undertake uh, underhanded tactics in the end uh, which were unsuccessful obviously um but like the the character of chong lee he only has how many lines three i mean it's not very many
1: yeah
2: but but Bolo young is able to do so much with just facial expressions his movements and his grunts <laughs> you know stuff like that that's it's like a lost art
0: you could almost say he's a versatile actor just like Gene Hackman. You
2: sure yes. could. You yeah, sure you could. could. Say that. Someone could say that, yes.
1: All right, guys. Anything else we want to talk about, Bloodsport?
2: There's an amazing article that I read one time about the actual, the real Frank Duke. Yes. Um, I can't remember where I read it.
1: It was on bulletproofaction.com, the legend and myth of Frank Dukes. And you also uh, did one with the uh, – the gambler's point of view on uh, Bloodsport, which was also another another quality Chad Cruz piece that you may want to search for on BulletproofAction.com. Man,
2: yeah, what, what a clever guy.
0: What are your thoughts of uh, Daniel Bernhardt and the Bloodsport sequels?
1: You know what? I uh, It took me a long time to check out those sequels, but I actually like uh, uh, Bloodsport 2 and 3. 4 is awful. It is yeah, 4 a, is it, so it, it bad. Is, it is garbage. I mean he Daniel Bernhardt's in it's not playing the character he played in two and three. So it's like why why?
2: Yeah, four is like the American Ninja Five or was it five? Yeah, American, American Ninja, Ninja Five, 5 yeah. which
1: isn't really a officially no. an American Ninja movie. Right. Yeah. Just piggybacking off the success. But yeah, I actually liked uh two and three and when you think about it, I think Bloodsport Two was actually Bernhardt's first film and you know, he does a great job for, for being completely new to the business. Right. In that
2: film. And I think that was kind of, you know, uh, part for the course, you know, you had a movie that was, was successful, um, and you couldn't get the actors back because they'd found some success and now they wanted tons of money and it's just you're not gonna you're not gonna meet in the middle there. So you continue on the series with you, your Sasha Mitchell, your Daniel Barnhart, like whatever whoever it might be, you continue on the series and throw another guy in the role and you just hope and pray. <laughs> and I think the Bloodsport two and three, like they turned out pretty decent. And yeah. most people, I, I know I like at the time I, I didn't give them credit because as soon as I saw that Van Damme wasn't coming back, I was like, ah, screw this. Um, but yeah, like in later years, you go back, you rewatch it, it's pretty solid.
0: Who do you think would win in a fight between Sasha, Sasha Mitchell and Daniel Bernhardt? Hmm. Mm,
2: the fans, the fans would win.
1: Good answer. All right, well that concludes our ultimate canon countdown. I want to thank you guys, and we're going to talk right now about social media and where you can find Bulletproof Action. We are at Bulletproof Action on Facebook and Instagram, at Bulletproof Pod on the Twitter machine, and Chad Cruz. I know you are all about our YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, it's it's growing, and um, we got some sweet content coming up. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited to show my face as much as humanly possible.
0: Hollywood.
2: (laughs) So click on it, like it, subscribe it, do all those things that people always say. Um, Yeah, it's going to be fun. We'll see what happens.
1: And that's at Bulletproof Media on YouTube. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up with a canon quote contest. So, Chad, since you are our Chong Li and our reigning champion, do you want to go you. first or do you want uh, Mr. Gaines to go first?
2: I'm coming out the gates, baby, strong. I'm going to go first.
1: Okay, you're going to go first. So, basically, I'm going to give each of you five chances to get a point. If you can't do it and your opponent can steal the point. So, you here wow. you go, Chad. Here That's, we go.
2: I should have went second.
1: Here we go. So, your first, first quote. Okay. Chicken's good. I like chicken.
2: (laughs) This is a quote from a movie.
1: This is a quote from a movie produced by Canon.
2: Chicken's good. I like chicken. Well, that is, uh, uh, I have no idea.
1: All right. (laughs) Todd Gaines, can you steal this point? You know, I actually watched this movie
0: today are you ready for it? it's uh it'd be Death Wish three.
1: You are correct, sir. Death Damn Wish it. three. All right, Todd, you get the chance on this one or the first chance. Only a ninja can stop a ninja.
0: Uh, that would be uh, American Ninja Warrior.
1: Okay, that's a TV show and it's incorrect, <laughs> Chad. Oh shit.
0: Uh,
2: American Ninja.
1: Incorrect. It was Revenge of the Ninja. Yes. Said by oh Mr. Shokasugi. Yeah, Shokasugi
2: is my dog too. I, I
1: knew that
0: shit. I knew that. And
2: oh crap! True. I knew that. What are
0: you oh I Should lose a point for that. I should. I should ban. <laughs> Banning myself.
1: All right, Chad. Here's your right. next one. You're gonna love this one. Call me Pedro. That means Pe- Peter. I'll oh, get this. To- Call me Pedro. That means Peter. I got the biggest one you've ever seen.
2: Oh, my God. I don't know. One of the – some Charles Bronson movie. Uh, I don't know.
1: Todd, you got any guess here?
0: I think it is a Charles Bronson movie, and I believe it was 10 to Midnight.
1: It was. Look at
2: that. I was going to guess that because all the perverts in that movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, right. you know I would get the one about the perverts. You know, hey, right. right, RTG.
1: All right, well here, here's your next one, RTG. See if you can get this one and really pull away here. Don't get drunk and go puking on the pavements. Over the top. No sir. <sighs> is, that,
2: is that American Ninja Two?
1: Correct, Chad. Oh, yeah,
2: it sounds like a wild. Is, is that Wild Bill? hmm that not wild, wild bill, bill it
1: was the uh like the sergeant
2: the, his buddy like his the, yeah. the other guy yeah when they,
1: have, when they have to go to the party and dress yep. up in the marine i remember that blues yep there you go yeah you, a couple of
2: rangers you know what i mean
1: right yeah. all right chad let's see what do we have for you now ah some of these are super easy
2: uh, give me the hardest one you you can find. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that
1: shit. <laughs> okay. Here's a good one for you, Chad. You snot licking donkey fart.
2: Oh shit. <laughs> are you wait, was that the quote or are you just but, calling me that?
1: No that that's the quote. You snot licking uh, donkey fart.
2: Snot licking donkey fart. Um you know oh that that is I don't I'm not familiar with that.
1: Todd. It's a Charles Bronson film, right? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna it's, give you any hints.
0: It's a Charles Bronson film, it's not a death wish, but I believe you spoke of this film today when you were ordering things in order. I'm gonna say Murphy's Law.
1: You are correct.
2: Boom. Nice. All right. This next one, you're gonna, I'm going to be like, yes, I'm familiar with that quote. <laughs> you're going to hear me just typing it in Google.
1: Here's one for uh, Todd Gaines. All right. Good journey. T-Man. You're right. And
2: Masters of the universe.
1: Oh, that's true.
2: He can have it. He can have
1: it. All right. So he's at four. Uh, all right, I've got one for you, Chad Cruz. Okay. You're going to love it. I can't wait. If you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights. You're invasion for the left. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Todd? Yeah? The world meets nobody halfway. When you want something, you got to take it.
0: That's the Wolf of Wall Street, ain't eh?
2: Oh, Jesus Christ. That's over the top, dog. Over
1: the
2: top. <laughs> I put that I have written that in graduation cards for former students of mine. I'm proud to say.
0: Yeah, I probably watched over the top last time when I was twelve.
2: Mm. Sorry. Sorry. All huh? right. Just so you know, the world meets nobody halfway. RTG. Yeah. If you yeah. want something, you've got to go out and take it.
0: Yeah.
1: Chad Cruz, you could tie things up here.
2: Mm.
1: Aren't you a little old for video games?
2: That's Bloodsport.
1: Correct. Mm-hmm. So we got only two more to go. Right. Mm. Or no, one more to go. Oh,
2: oh, shit. This is for the win.
1: This is for the win.
2: No so pressure. Make
1: sure it's a good one. Okay, Todd. Okay. A true ninja doesn't kill, he eliminates, and only for defensive purposes. American ninja. Incorrect. Shit.
2: Man. A true ninja doesn't kill...
1: He eliminates, and only for defensive purposes.
2: Ooh. Is this... The Ninja?
1: It is. Ah! Yes. Pulling out the win at the end. Thank you, Franco Nero. Chad, well, yeah, Franco didn't actually say it, but the guy who dubbed his voice sure did. (laughs) Chad Cruz (laughs) victorious once again, just edging out. That was close. That
0: was close. That was close. I missed some dumb ones.
2: I haven't watched that movie in so many years. I'm not going to lie. Well,. I should have
0: guessed under the Ninja.
1: You should have, but you didn't, so you're a loser.
2: All right. That's all right. Gee. You hit a lot of Charles Bronson ones,
0: though. Hell yeah, man.
1: You did. He's Truck trying to make up proud. for his, his insults. I
0: know, Bronson. right?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> man, I know, man.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our Ultimate canon Countdown as we have celebrated the great canon Films. We want to thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more Bulletproof Podcasts. I am Chris the Brain for The Real Todd Gaines and Chad Cruz, and we will see you next time. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.